0: Hey there, thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with Him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. It's great to uh, worship Jesus. I think we could have worshiped Jesus a little longer, right? Maybe at the end here, we'll get back into it. But I I do feel... uh, uh, heaviness on me this week for this word to go forth in fact this word uh you know has been on me for quite a few months and uh it's been resonating God keeps bringing me back to this the scripture the scripture the scripture and so uh we are going to get into this the name of this message is uh fear God can everybody just say fear God uh it's time for us to take him seriously take God seriously, that is. So uh, I don't know about you, but I, when I grew up in high school, there used to be these uh, uh, t-shirts called No Fear, right? We, we, people were proud of not fearing, remember this, pastor? pastor Dave Stoutinger and Betsy are here with us today. These are my youth pastors right here um, in this church where I grew up, and uh, they're here today. Do you remember that, Pastor Dave? People, they used to have these shirts called No Fear, and everybody was proud about how much they didn't fear anything. Does anybody remember those t-shirts? That, that company, right? Those that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you remember? No fear, right? Fear, you know? So it's like so cool, you know, like, I don't fear nothing, you know, like, I don't fear anything. And, you know, it's kind of true, you know, I don't really feel like I fear very much. You know, I like to do dangerous things. I'm a skier. I like to, uh, you know, I've bungee jumped, I've, I'd like to jump off of a plane. My daughter told me she would do it when she's little, but now she's older, she said no. So uh, she's afraid. Uh, you know, so we're supposed to go paragliding this summer, we're supposed, you know, I like to do, you know, extremes, you know, that's, I'm the X generation, right? You millennials don't, maybe understand, but X generation, it stood for extreme. Like we did, we, we turned the X into extreme and say, we're just gonna do all out, no fear. We had shirts that say no fear, we have no fear, we're gonna just do crazy things. Now a lot of us broke our legs and, you know, I mean, horrible things happen, but we don't have any fear of doing it, right? Like, we just go all out. And there's not a lot that I really feel like I fear uh, in my life, except eels, right? There's just something about eels, right? Uh, Naomi and I went to uh, the Caribbean, and I love to snorkel, right? And I don't care, you know, sharks, whatever, but there's something about eels, I don't know if it's because I watched The Little Mermaid too much and those guys were like, everybody. I don't know if it's just, but I remember we were going snorkeling, uh, we were in the Caribbean, and um, somebody says, Yeah, you can see uh, there's turtles in this area, there's this. And then he says, And eels. And I was like, <laughs> You were just like, something came over, like uh, just chills. I don't know. Eels, no. But the whole time, so I I was like, I love snorkeling, I'm gonna do it anyway. So I'd go up there snorkeling, and every so often, like, I just really skimmish, you know, just really like, you know, looking around, and there's rocks, and I was like trying to come around corners making sure there's—and just really kind of almost, you know, fearful. You know, we all fear—all of us do actually, right, fear different things, right? uh, although fear is not of God, there are, there is some healthy fear, right? Because G- God says that He did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But at the same time, there are some things that uh, is healthy to be fearful of, right? Like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. You should be afraid of that. Right? Or jumping off a cliff or, uh, you know, just different things. Uh, I remember one time when I lived in Louisiana, we had a house that was up a little higher off the ground, and I had to get underneath it to uh, run some wires, and I was crawling down. It was just enough space just for me to—I couldn't even keep my head up very long, so I just would go like this, like just kind of getting down underneath that house. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I better look up, see, make sure I'm going the right place. I look up, and right in front of my face is a black widow. Now, that's something you should be afraid of, right? So, I was just glad that I looked up in time back and I was like, mm. <laughs> that's something to be afraid of. There's things that uh, we should be afraid of. And one of the things that we should fear, the Bible says, is that we should fear God. God wants us to fear Him. Now, some of you say, wait a second. I thought God is a God of love. Why should I fear Him? I thought God is mercy and grace why should I fear him? And so I want to get into that today. In the book of Proverbs, chapter one, if you turn in your Bibles there, we're going to read this. This is the context of of where we're going to go today is Proverbs chapter one, verses one through seven. But to give you a little background, I want to talk about the guy that wrote Proverbs. Proverbs is written by a king, a man named Solomon. Solomon was the son of David, you know, with David and Goliath, David and Uh, Bathsheba, David, and you know, the king of Israel. Solomon is now King David's son. And Solomon, when he became king after David had died, God came, showed up to Solomon and said, Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want, almost like, uh, you know, like a genie. He came and appeared to, to Solomon and said, I'll give you anything you want. And Solomon could have picked anything. He could have picked riches, he could have picked, uh, you know, achievement, he could have picked anything, but he said, God, I want wisdom so that I can better run your people. And so because uh, he picked wisdom, God was so proud of him that he says, I'm going to give you w- so much wisdom that you're going to become the smartest man to ever live, and not- and because you pick that, I'm going to give you other things too. You become the wealthiest man that ever lived, uh, and he, and, he, and he attained all these things. And Solomon, in his day, became extremely educated and wise. The Bible says that he uh, acquired greater wisdom than all, anybody on the whole planet. In fact, uh, he memorized over 3,000 proverbs. He was astute in plant life and animals, birds, reptiles, fish, everything. And when a, the Queen of Sheba came to visit him, this is what the Bible says, she, she arrived in Jerusalem in her caravan with her camels carrying all these great gifts to, to bring to him, and she sat down with... Uh, um, Solomon and talked about everything that was on her mind. And Solomon, the Bible says in 1 Kings 10, he says, I, uh, Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. And when the Queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attendant servants in their robes and cupbearers, the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. And she said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe these things until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told to me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your men must be, how happy your officials. Solomon had acquired all this wealth, all this fame, and all this wisdom that God had given to him. Solomon... uh, uh, would not only acquired all this wisdom, but he acquired pleasure. The Bible talks about these lavished parties that he would have. He's the one that started parties. He had, uh, the Bible says that one day of food they would need 30 heads of cattle, 100 sheep, 50 bushes of flour, deer, wild poultry, all other kind of things just for one day. The Bible says, Solomon says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. Anything he wanted, he acquired it. He refused his heart no pleasure. He chased after wisdom, he chased after pleasure, he chased after uh, achievement. The Bible says that he had uh, over a thousand wives and concubines. One is a lot. A thousand is really a lot, right? So um, Solomon, he chased after all these things, He had gained all this stuff. The Bible says that he achieved these great, great things. He had this palace built for him that took 150,000 people to build it for 13 years. This beautiful, beautiful place. It says, um, in 1 Kings, it says, Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities and also in Jerusalem. He made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones. The whole nation was bigger than it had ever been, it was wealthier than it had ever been, he had his, uh, any kind of thing that anybody that ri- rise up against him will just have him killed. He was the biggest, wisest, strongest nation that, uh, had ever been and ever—the Bible says he's the wisest that will ever have lived and wealthiest that ever have lived. And in the beginning of this book of Proverbs back to Proverbs, written by this man, Solomon, that God used and inspired, that God gave all this wisdom to, the very first thing that he tells us to do. Out of everything else that that Solomon could pick to choose first, he says, fear God. Fear God. And Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction." The wisest man to ever walk this planet writes in the Scriptures and tells us to you to, and I today that if you want wisdom, if you want to be successful, if you want to acquire wealth, if you want to acquire uh, the purposes of God on your life, if you want to do all these things, then the first thing you need to do is fear the Lord. Now. So you guys, probably some of you may be confused, like, what does that mean, to fear God? Again, I can't get this through my mind. Uh, you know, God, how should I fear God? God is love, God is peace, God wants us to come to us. I don't understand, Pastor Rich, what are you talking about? So I want to just go, let's go to the original Hebrew first. The original he- uh, Hebrew of this word fear is the word ya- uh, yirah, which means fear or terror. So some people, when they say, oh, we need to fear God, I've heard people say they kind of water it down. And they say, well, really fearing God just means, you know, we should have respect for God or reverent, we should be reverent for God. And although those things are true, that's not exactly the whole word. It's the watered down version of the word. And in my belief is I think people water it down because they don't want to fear God. They don't want to see the side of God. They don't want to see the wrath side of God, the fear side of God, or the harsh side of God, or the justice side of God. And so they say, well, I love the loving side of God and the mercy side of God, and I'm grateful for those parts of God, but I don't think I should have to be fearful of God because, you know, God is love. What are you hiding? Well, let's just ask what Jesus says about this, should we? Turn in your scriptures or look on the screen, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. This is Jesus' words. Not Solomon anymore, Jesus. Jesus says, and do not fear those who kill the body, but, not can kill, but cannot kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Uh, guys, I didn't write this. This is Jesus' OUR SAVIOR. AND HE'S TELLING US TODAY, HE'S TELLING PEOPLE BACK THEN, DON'T FEAR PEOPLE THAT CAN JUST KILL YOUR FLESH, BUT RATHER FEAR GOD WHO IS ABLE TO DESTROY BOTH YOUR SOUL AND BODY IN HELL. NOW JESUS, UH, TALKS A LOT ABOUT HELL. AND IN THIS SCRIPTURE HE TALKS ABOUT HELL AGAIN, AND HE SAYS YOU NEED TO FEAR GOD WHO CAN THROW YOU TO HELL. And he's not light on this word, hell. In fact, he talks about it quite often. In fact, he talks about hell a lot more than he talks about even heaven. And he references it in all different ways. In Luke 16, he talks about it being an unquenchable fire. In Mark 9, he says it's it's where the worm does not die, uh, and where people gnash their teeth in anguish and regret, back again in Matthew. Uh, it's, it's, It's a place from which there is no return even to warn loved ones, as the story in Luke 16 talks about. He calls hell a place of outer darkness, compares it to Gehenna, which is a place, uh, it's a trash dump outside the walls of Jerusalem where rubbish was burned and maggots abounded consistently. Uh, Again, he talks it more than heaven. He talks about it vividly. He explains it. There's no denying that Jesus knew, believed, and warned us about the absolute reality of hell. People today are saying, well, I don't really know if there's a hell, and again, they go back to this, God is a God of love, how can He send anyone to hell? But Jesus believed in hell. He warned us of hell, and He warned us again today, and then even in the Scripture of Matthew, do not fear those people that cannot kill the soul, but rather fear God who can kill your body and soul and hell. The question that i have for us today when it, we, we, we come back to this fear thing is have you lost your fear and respect for god i want to give you just a picture here of, a little bit more of this fear thing what i'm talking about uh i loved my dad a ton my dad died you know whew, i haven't teared up on this one in a long time but he died a long he died what how are you carly 22 so he died 23 years ago my dad uh, was a big guy. <laughs> he was a strong guy, and he was a very loving guy. But I also feared my father in a healthy, healthy way. You see, when I would get in trouble uh, at times when I was a young teenager or even younger as a child, uh, my mom... <laughs> She would do her best. You know, she was at home, my dad worked. And my mom, at times, you know, I'd get in trouble or whatever, and she—I remember one time she spanked me, hi, mom, I hope you're watching, I love you. And one time she spanked me, and I started laughing. <laughs> that was a bad move, by the way, because um, she got a wooden spoon after that, and I was like, oh, that's not a good thing. But. What the worst, if the worst punishment for me was if I did something wrong, is if my mom would do nothing and say, I'm going to tell your father. Your father can deal with it when he gets home. I could remember the rest of that day. Mom, I love you so much. Mom, you're the best mom in the whole world. Just hoping that I could change your mind. Please don't tell Dad. Please don't tell Dad. Mom, you are such an amazing <laughs> mother, an amazing cook, an amazing wife, you're just the best. Please don't t- And I remember, you know, the time, waiting up that anticipation till my dad got home, and just the anxiety and the fear of like, what is he going to do? You see, when my dad spanked, I didn't laugh. It didn't feel good. When my dad, I disappointed my dad, I felt horrible. Because I loved my dad, and my dad loved me. There's something there. I knew that even there was lines with him that I could not cross. And if I crossed them, there's gonna be repercussions, repercussions, there's gonna be uh, something happening. And so, when my dad came home from work, I was, I, this probably was what brought me to Jesus. I would get on my knees, say, God, please let my mom forget. Please let my mom forget. But back then, my mom, and probably still the day, my mom had a pretty good memory. And even though it may linger a little while, she would always tell my dad. And my dad would have these discussions with me, and I remember one time he'd give me choices. Do you want your bike taken away, or do you want me to spank you? That was a tough decision. <laughs> You see, that is a, is a fear, a respect, an honor to my Father. The same fear and reverence that we ought to have for God. The one that can send our soul to hell. Do not make light of the Lord's discipline, the Bible says. Have you made light? God's commands? Have you not taken His Word seriously? Have you kind of just pushed Him off? As a father now, myself, one of the frustrating things as a dad sometimes is after you tell your child so so many times, I told you not to say this, I told you not to say this, I told you not to say this, and then finally it's like, that's it. Enough is enough, like Gary spoke about last week, enough is enough. This is the consequence not taking it seriously. Gary talked last week about how Lot's wife did not take God's Word seriously and she looked back. Are you taking God's Word seriously? Are you taking the, the, the commandments and the Scriptures uh, for what they say? Are you doing them? Are you taking the commandments of the Lord as suggestions instead of a command from the Lord that we serve? When God says to love Him above all else, to seek Him first, are you just saying, yeah, I'll get to it? Or are you actually seeking God first thing? When God says, I want you to give to others, I want you to give tithe, I want you to give your first fruits, are you like, oh, yeah. You know the 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 devil is a liar. Do you remember the first time that Adam and Eve sinned? The devil came to them and said, Did, "You know, they're saying, saying, oh, we can't we can't eat that of that fruit from that tree of good and evil because if we do, we'll die.'" And the devil says to them, "Did God really mean that? You think He would really cause death to come in this world and sin and sickness and?" Uh, do you think that would really happen? Come on. God's a God of love. You can eat of that tree. It's not a big deal. All the other animals are eating of the fruit. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and it's time for us to take God at His Word, to take Him seriously. And when He says to do something, we shouldn't be as undisciplined children that say no. We shouldn't be spoiled brats that only want what we want instead of what He wants. We should be saying, yes, Lord, You are my God, You are my King. You are my Father, and I love you more than anything. What would you have of me?" The love and forgiveness of God is amazing. It should draw us closer to Him, but it's not something that we should use and abuse so that we could just get our own way when we get lazy in the commandments of the Lord. We must fear God and take His Word seriously. You know, when I was a child, initially, I feared getting uh, in trouble with my parents. But as I grew up, I realized how much my parents loved me and how much I loved them, and I didn't want to disappoint them any longer. And so the fear of getting uh, spanked when I got older didn't matter. The fear of disappointing them because I loved them mattered. And same with God. Some of you may have came to Jesus because of this fear of eternity. Maybe you came to God because you knew that if I don't get my life with Christ, I could spend an eternity in hell, which is true. But somewhere along the line, you need to start fearing God and obeying God, not because of fear of hell, but because of fear of disappointing God and trying to, because you love Him. There needs to be a a, a growth there that, that we finally get to the, we get to this place where I'm more concerned about what God wants in my life and what God thinks about me than what I care about, what I want for myself or what others say. And what for me? Fearing God, why should we fear God? Fearing God shows that we love Him and respect Him. Fearing God is an act of worship. When we come in here and we worship Jesus, we're actually uh it's a form of fearing God, of revering God, of of knowing that, hey, we even the song we sang, we 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 serve a God that is unshakable, unmovable, is powerful. None can stand against him. And we come in this place as these minute little people and and, and we worship and revere this huge God that can do all things, that created all things, that created this planet and this beautiful. This beautiful world that we live in, and these beautiful people that we're around, God created these things. And when we come here and we worship Him, it's an act of fearing God that God, we revere you, we worship you, you are greater than all these things. And in fact, when we do that, we start to realize that we start to revere God and respect Him and fear Him more than we, we, were, we feared the things when we came in here, like the worries and the cares of our life, like the heaviness that was on us, like the, the burdens that we have, and all those things. We were fearing them and concerned about them all day, and all of a sudden they start to drop and we start to realign our priorities in the middle of worship, fearing God. Fearing God keeps us from a bad path. It keeps us from living a purposeless life, a wasted life. Fearing God causes us to be obedient to God. Fearing God keeps us out of hell by admitting our need for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to stop taking God and His Word and His commandments lightly, like Lot's wife. We need to fear God. God. And when He tells us something through His Word, through that still small voice, prophetically, whatever it may be, we need to get on our knees and say, God, help me. God, help me to get the sin out of my life. God, help me to be obedient in my time and in my priorities. God help me, Lord God, to know that Your ways are better than my ways, that, that, that uh, Your commandments are better than my desires. Deuteronomy chapter 11 sums this whole message up. It says, Obey and you will be blessed. Disobey and you will be cursed. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're in this place and you say, you know what, Pastor Rich, I have not taken the Word of God seriously. I've gotten to this lethargic place, I've taken His Word lightly. There's things in my life that I know are not right. There's things in my, uh, that I've been doing, that I know are sinful, or just bad for me, and God has been convicting me, and I have not listened. Or maybe you've listened, you've tried, but you just haven't been able to overcome. Would you fear God enough today to say, God, I am sorry, and I need your help? If that's you here today, you don't have to raise your hand. You can just say it in your heart right now, To say, God, I need your help. There's areas in my life that I have not taken you seriously. Holy Spirit, you are our helper, but you also come and convict. I pray that you would search hearts in this place, that you would reveal the things in our life where we become lethargic. Maybe there's people in this place that have not been seeking you first, they've been seeking you last or middle. Maybe there's people in this place that have been uh, not uh, giving of their time or giving of their finances or giving of their their gifts that you've given them and they become just, uh, just wasting them. God, I pray, God, that they would begin to fear you again and say, you know what, I need to do this because God has told me to, and He is my loving Father that I want to please, more than I want to please myself. Maybe there's some of you in this place that say, "I've, I've never given my life to God. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to let you know today that today is the day, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. What does that mean? That means that when we don't have God in our life, when we don't have Jesus, we are doomed. We are lost, the Bible says. We are blinded from the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ that He came to die on the cross to pay the penalty of our sin so that we don't have to pay for it, that we can be forgiven and be made right so that we can have a relationship with Christ, and so that we can have eternal life in heaven with Him forever. If that's you here today and you say, you know what, I'm not right with God, I have- I don't have a relationship with God, but today I surrender. If that's you here today, would you lift your hand just high enough so I can see it? I see your hand in the back, I see your hand in the front, I see your hand in the middle, everybody else. God, I want a relationship with You. Come I want everybody in this place to say this prayer with me. Say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for going my own way, for doing my own things, for doing things that separated me from you. I thank you that you forgive me and that you paid the price when you died on the cross for me. Help me, Jesus, to know you, to seek you first, and to have a relationship with you for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for those that just did that in this place for the first time. I want to encourage you that if you said that prayer, whether you're coming back to Christ or for the first time, uh, to please text us that number, 315-444-2100. We would love to talk to you and help you in your journey with Christ, how to get to know Him better. Uh, we also have, like Pastor Casey said, we have growth track right after service today that uh, you could go to and find out more about this decision and your next steps in your journey with Christ. Guys this is a heavy message, but I'm telling you, I believe that God is wanting His church, Big C, not just Believer's Chapel, to get things right with Him to sharpen it up, to tighten it up, so that we can be better equipped and used and blessed by God. When we fear God, and we live for Him first, and we respect Him more than other things and other people, then we will become blessed and better useful for Him. When we don't, we bring curses upon ourselves. So please take heed to this message. Go home this week. Ask God, God, what are areas in my life that I am not being obedient to You in? God, am I becoming lax in my fear of You? Am I just, you know, just going through the motions and just living life as I think best and not even realizing that I'm not, that I'm, there's areas in my life that I'm not fearing You? Would you do that this week? I'm gonna pray (laughs) that God will convict your hearts either way this week. So Lord Jesus, as we close here today, before we worship again, God, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would be upon us this week, that it would convict us and show us areas in our life where we have not been fearing you, where we become lax, where we have not followed through, where we have been uh, um, demeaning your Word and not taking you seriously. God I pray, God, that you would um, spark our hearts, jumpstart us, God help us to go back to that first love. To that respect that fear that reference of you in jesus name we pray everyone said amen amen come on stand up and worship jesus. thank you again for checking out this message if you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word jesus in your text we're going to follow up with you and help you get started god bless you and thank you again